LaShaw Walker, the owner of LaShaw Studios, and welcome to the LaShaw Studios podcast, Fujifilm GFX cameras and lenses. In today's episode, we discuss the world of lifestyle and editorial photography with our guest Mark Glaudemans, a photographer from the Netherlands, who has mastered the use of the Fujifilm GFX camera system for his photography work. Our guest highlights the system's impact on image quality, its performance in various light conditions, and how the camera's design and ergonomics have proven invaluable. We further explore the practicalities and workflow changes due to larger file sizes and the role of Fuji's film simulation modes in their creative process. Finally, we explore how the GFX system has shaped their storytelling approach in editorial work and consider its potential for the future. Whether you're a seasoned pro or a budding enthusiast, there's a wealth of insights to glean from this discussion on the intersection of tech and creativity in the realm of photography. So grab a cup of coffee or tea and sit back and enjoy our in-depth conversation on the GFX camera systems. And now, welcome our special guest. So, if you could, um, if you could uh, go ahead and pronounce your name, I, I'm pronouncing it Mark Glaudemans, but I'm yes. not. Yes, okay. Yeah, and, that's uh, fine. It's Mark Glaudemans. That's perfect. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And uh, we'll just go ahead and get started with this. Um, if you could go ahead and tell me how did you get first get started with um, going with the GFX camera systems, uh, what camera system did you use prior to that? And why did you switch over or why did you uh, purchase the GFX system? Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm actually, I bought the the GFX 50S2 like eight, seven, eight months ago. Uh, And I came from X-T4 and before I had X-T3. And before that, I had a X100F and X100S. The X100S, that got me into the Fuji system, and I absolutely love that camera. I still love it. It's beautiful. Uh, but, of course, the GFX uh, offers uh, yeah, much more, let's say, quality and depth. So I changed because I was not really uh, happy with uh, the X-T4 somehow. So I thought, okay, let's jump uh, to the GFX system because the GFX 50S2 was, uh, was an attractive offer. Okay. All right. And do you use uh, native lenses or do you uh, adapt lenses for it? Yeah, no, not uh, native lenses. Actually, the only lens I, I own is the 32 to 64, but I sometimes use the 80 or the 110, and I also use the 100 to 200. But uh, uh, till now, I only own the 32 to 64, and uh, actually, I'm quite happy, and it's super versatile. So I can do 90% of my work with just that one lens. Okay, because I, I was going to purchase that lens, but I wound up getting a forty-five to one hundred because of the stabilization. The first 
GFX camera system I bought was the was the GFX 50R, and it didn't have any image stabilization in it. So I thought, well, let me get a, a lens that's got some optical stabilization as the first one. And then, of course, yep. I went ahead and purchased the, um, the GFX 50S uh, Mark II. Um, how do you... Um, um, do you use it? So do you? Ha- so if the GFX camera system, the only system you're using, or are you still using the XF camera systems from the Fuji? Now, currently, it's the only system I use. I have a couple of uh, of analog cameras that I'm also using, some Mamiya's and some 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 Pentax cameras. But that's that's I'm just trying a little bit to get into analog as well. But the GFX is my my only camera uh, at the moment. Okay, okay, and. Um, um, how do you feel about the film simulations that are in the GFX camera system? Like, is this, are there some that you like better than others? Or in, are there some that you don't use? Like, for instance, uh, the sepia, I won't touch that at all. And, no, um, no. Actually, I, 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 I don't use them that often. I really like them, that they are there. Of course, I came from Fuji, so I already knew, already knew them. And what is great is that if you want to work, I, I work a lot with models. If you show them the, the pictures on the backside, they look in, incredibly well. They always say that, oh my God, it already looks so nice because of the film simulations. Um, I Actually, I quite often stick to the uh, pro-negative standard uh, or pro-negative high uh, because it's very versatile when, when editing. Uh, but I, I actually often more use presets afterwards to get a more film-like look. Um, so I don't use all the film simulations. I, lo- I use a lot of Acros when I'm, I'm shooting black and white. Yeah, the Acros, I like that one as well. The one that I, the one that I like using if I'm doing something like editorial or any kind of street photography is I'll use Classic Nick. But I won't use it if I'm using a strobe because it's so contrasty and it's got this greenish overtone that just doesn't. Yep. Uh, I wind up having to switch to uh, to actually go to another one anyway. Um, yeah, what I, so, what I noticed also is that on the GFX, I I I, I used to like the the pro negative high very much on my XT, but on the on the GFX it's a bit too contrasty. So that's why I often use the pro negative standard, which is a bit softer, and I can always add contrast later. Okay. Do you ever do any of those um, those film simulations that are that are trying to mimic other films, like the ones that they got out? I believe there's a website called Fuji X Weekly, and there's a couple of others. Do you ever use any of the uh, the custom yes. recipes? Yes, yes. I, I I think I have one from daily Fuji film simulations, and I use the the Fuji X Pro 400 and X Pro 800 a lot. I really like how those how those come out if you apply them on the on the GFX files. Okay, okay, yeah, I use some of them as well. Have you ever used any of the Fuji software? I believe they got one that's called Fuji X Raw Studio. Have you ever have you ever used that with your camera? No, not really. I think I tried once but I, I it was a bit too much of a hassle so i i basically just still use just lightroom uh and i'm actually quite happy with that okay all right and as far as uh so you just mentioned that you use lightroom have you um have you found yourself to have any issues with how uh lightroom renders colors from fuji compared to for instance uh, i started off using a program called aperture this was before fuji came out and then when aperture went away when apple had uh, retired that application i went ahead and went to lightroom begrudgingly and uh when i switched to fuji i found out that 
Lightroom really doesn't render the uh, simulations or the uh, or the curved tones that they actually have within the Fuji like it does in DxO uh, Photo Lab or inside of um, or inside the Capture One is what I'm using right now. So have you have you found any issues or has it been a problem with you you know taking the picture and maybe uh, uh, there's a thing that Lightroom uh, uh, the Lightroom causes what they call worms when you're using Fuji yeah. films. Have you found that to be true? I think I, I run into that issue, especially with the, the XT and the X100 files, not so much with the with the GFX files. So it's a different sensor. I think it's Lightroom works with this sensor better. It's not the trans sensor. Um, I, I did use Capture One and, and also DxO. I tried it, but of course, it's very difficult to change to another system. So in the end, I decided it's it's at the moment, it's not worth it for me. I, I never shoot tethered, so... so Probably that could be a moment to to change to to capture one, um, and sometimes I actually use only the the G the, the JPEG files, and I think the JPEG files they look pretty nice uh, uh, in Lightroom. The, the raw need more, yeah, they need more work um, right. relative to the J. Yeah, yeah, the JPEGs are actually uh, the JPEGs doesn't have a problem at all. It's just the raw files that they were actually having an issue with. How is the largeness of the files when you're using? I know uh, for me, prior to going to the GFX camera system, I used the Sony, which was a 45 megapixel camera, and then I was using Canon, which I was using the DX, um, uh, the Canon 5DS, which is a 50 megapixel. So, I, so I was already dealing with that in post production. Did you find any issues coming from, let's say, 26 megapixels from the XT4? Going up to 50, uh, 51 megapixels, did it cause you to have to increase the resources on your computer or did you have to change your workflow? No, not really. Uh, especially in the beginning, I, I was really happy with the JPEGs. So they are like 19 or 20 megabytes, so that's perfectly fine. With the RAWs, it takes a bit longer. The only issue I ran into is that I have Lightroom uh, CC on the, also on my iPad and my iPhone and the iMac and I run into the issue that I have one terabyte of memory and it's it's almost full. So after every shoot I have to remove some some other work and back it up because of course if you have a lot of files then uh, yeah the, the, the storage get, gets get full. Don't go jumping around to other channels. We got more in store for you so sit back and enjoy. Welcome to this episode of our podcast. So, do you find it to be a? Um, um, is it difficult to travel with the camera? Yeah, well, yeah, well, the body is, is is okay. It's not that big, but the lens, the, the, the thirty-two to sixty-four, but also the forty-five to one hundred. Those are big, big boys and quite heavy. Uh, actually, I'm currently thinking about if I'm going to take this camera with me on my my holiday travels with my family and i was thinking to maybe get the 50m 3.5 or maybe the the 35 to 70 uh rather than the 32 to 64 because 
it's I, I don't like the lens to be that heavy if I have to carry it whole day. For a shoot, it's not an issue at all. I don't I don't care. I used to have the 50 to 140. That's that's even heavier than this one. And I don't mind at all. But but let's say on a more leisurely pace on holidays, it's a bit uh, too much. Yes, I can agree with that. I mean, and right now, currently, I have five uh, lenses for the GFX camera system. I have the 50 millimeter 3.5, the 63 uh, f 2.8, and then I have the 45 to 100, the 100 to 200, and the 110. Yeah. And um, the difference between a lot of people like the 63 millimeter, the f 2.8. But I prefer the 50 over that simply because the 63 millimeter uses a step motor and it doesn't, I mean, you don't have that facet for focusing when you're using the medium format cameras. They're not designed for that, right? They're designed really for quality. They're acceptable, but they're not like what you're going to get in the Canon or Sony. But it's extra slow with that of 63 wool in my copy of it because it has a step motor and the lens protrudes outside of the lens casing when it's trying to obtain focus, whereas the 50 millimeter is using the linear motor and it's almost instant when you're focusing with it. So I find that one... Uh, it's got more of that pancake style to be a, a lot easier to travel with. I, I think I'm going to try them both because on the X-Series, the 35-14 to 14 was my absolute favorite lens. And I didn't care about the noise and, and also that it was a bit slower because of the results. The results are simply stunning. And so I sometimes hear that the 63 actually ha has a bit of the same character, but I never tried it. And maybe the 50 is a bit more clinical but as i said i have to try them uh the, the 50 is, is lighter i think and it's also on sale right now it's very interesting so with the, with the cashback uh and even the 35 to 70 but somehow without the aperture ring and uh, i'm not sure i'm going to love that lens yeah i was i was super happy with the x100 with the 35 millimeter equivalent and i sometimes i use that as my only lens i even went to landscape trips to 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 Scotland, I did I did everything with that super small camera, and I love the results. And I almost never felt that I really missed something. So sometimes it's nice to be limited and just be creative with one focal length. Sure. Have you ever attempted to do any video with the camera? Uh, for me, I don't use these cameras for video. Some people say that you actually get really good quality because of the sensor, but... I mean, I'm more online as I wish Fuji would do more of what the Hasselblad is doing, right? The Hasselblad tells you that their medium format camera, it's a stills camera, and they've done a lot of things to dedicate it for the stills. I think when they start adding video into cameras that are, you know, normally uh, put out for the high quality for stills, it's more of a gimmick than anything else. Have you ever tried to use video for it? I, I did because, as I said, it's now my only camera. And the thing is that when when I'm doing a shoot and I work with models, they always really like to have some some video. Uh, so I then use the video, and it's acceptable, I would say. But of course, uh, the focus is is a bit slow. Um, but it's acceptable. But of course, it's n not nearly as good as as the XT4 or five or and uh, so it's just acceptable as a behind the scenes kind of material. Not I wouldn't use it for for any kind of professional work. Uh, the video function of the DGFX 50s too. Yes, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, there. Um, what are some of the things about the GFX camera system that you don't like, and then what are some of the things that you do like? 
Yeah, well, well, I start with the, the, the last one because when I switched from XT4 to GFX, I was literally blown away with the, the, the image quality. I didn't, I had not expected it to be that big of a jump. The, I mean, when I first opened some of the files on my computer, it was almost as if I could touch the textures of the fabric that the model was wearing and also the skin. I mean, it was night and day. I So... I'm still when I'm when I'm loading the, the the pictures. I'm still super impressed with what comes out of the camera. Uh, so that that is the, really the plus. And then of course I sometimes use the AD also in difficult light situations, like for night shoots. And then it's it's a complete disaster. The hunting and then not finding focus. Still the results are nice, but but then it, it yeah of course that those are really the, the weak points I would say. And with that lens especially. It's a bit of a challenge, uh, but even then, I still get home with with a lot of good results, uh, but also a lot of miss uh, misses. Yeah? So I think that the autofocus is I know I knew it be in advance, and I don't really care that it's a bit slower. But in some really difficult light conditions, then the, the let's say the hit rate gets pretty low. Do you ever use manual focus, or have you ever tried to um, do it? Where I believe Fuji has a uh has a parameter in the camera where you can have manual and autofocus on at the same time where you can autofocus, but if you go ahead and use the manual uh, uh, ring, it'll go into manual focus. Have you ever done that before? No, not yet, uh, but I think I'll have to get used. And also I'm sometimes tempted to get the Mitocon lens, which, which produces nice results, but of course it's fully manual. Um, and then... Probably I have to work even slower. I'm not. A, I don't do a lot of very fast work. But of course, if you if you rely on manual focus only, then yeah, the the the, the workflow gets diff, gets different. So I have to slow down a bit more. The focus peaking works. Um, so I think it's it's manageable. But of course, the 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 speed is is slow. Right. Right. I definitely agree with that. Um, but for studio work, where you can for studio work, I guess. For studio work, it's not an issue, I would say. But but if you are doing a, 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 an editorial or lifestyle shoot outside, then you want a bit of speed in the in the flow. Right. Um, do you have a tripod that you take with you on certain shoes, or do you use a tripod? I know some people do, some people don't. I I have one. I use it when I'm on location and when I'm in the studio. I'm always mounted on my tethering stand. Um, to shoot with it i just find that i get sharper photos even you know the 50s mark ii has in-body stabilization and the lens has optical but in my experience you always get sharper photos when you're on a tripod yeah actually i only use it if i'm doing some landscape work uh if i'm shooting people then then yeah in a studio sometimes but most of my work is is outside and then i don't use it because i'm i want to be uh flexible in how i move and uh so it slows me down too much uh the tripods for my kind of work yeah. so what are some of the things that you would like to see fuji come up with i, I saw also on that that platform i think that the the, the maybe the follow-up of the 50r2 might be expected that i think that would be interesting Although actually I like the form factor of, of the, the 50R is, is more aesthetically pleasing, but I like the grip on the 50S too. And uh, right. especially with the lenses, it's, 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 it's really nice to have, the, to have the grip. Is there anything you would like yeah. to see them actually add to the camera? Yeah, I mean, I think, 
I, I, of course, the, the 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 face detection sensor with the 50 megapixel would be, I think, would be really nice because many people don't need 102 megapixels, but they would like to have the the slightly faster uh, out of focus. Um, so I think that could be a, a winning combination, but they're probably not going to to develop it. Um, but that could be nice. Because I do, at the moment, I don't feel that I need more resolution. I mean, the resolution is plenty and the quality is beautiful. Uh, and I also can live with the, with this, with the slow out of focus, but I'm, a, I'm already a Fuji adept. I think people from other brands, they will probably not accept this, this kind of performance on a camera in 2023. They would like to have face detection and a bit more... Uh, continuous autofocus possibilities. Is there a uh, the lens in particular that you would like to have that you don't have now, but but that you have on your wish list? Yeah, that's why I I, I borrowed from friends and I rented the, the 80 and the 110 a couple of times. So I'm still I'm still doubting which one because I would like to add one fast prime uh, and probably a bit more telephoto than the 32 to 64. So the 80 or the 110. Um, I did I used the 110 a couple of weeks ago. To, to cover uh, a, a jazz festival and uh, it worked actually beautiful so uh, the, the results were really stunning uh, so I like the 110 but but sometimes the compression is a, is yeah it's like an 85 87 millimeter I think so it's a classic portrait lens but I also really like how the 80 millimeter compresses faces uh, if you are not too close to them. So, but but as I said, the 80 has a bit of the, its quirks when the light is not really good. I think the 110 is a bit better in that respect, and it's uh, it's it's also much more expensive. So I'm I'm still not uh, <laughs> I still didn't decide which. And and I would definitely would like to use the two. 50 uh, ones because I think that's also beautiful and very big and heavy but uh, yeah I think that could really produce some stunning results as well so I'd like to thank you for coming on and um, yes super hopefully if everything go well we can do this again thank you so much alright thank you don't forget to subscribe to our podcast we are committed to bringing you great information on the Fujifilm GFX camera system.